That's a Shame is brought to you by the people who support us over at patreon.com slash shamecity. If you have a dollar, two dollars, a dollar to spare, join us again at patreon.com slash shamecity. When hinges creak in your doorless chamber, and strange and frightening sounds echo, echo, echo through your halls specifically, whenever your at-home candlelights flicker where your air is deathly still, that is, in my view, the time when ghosts are present in your house or flat practicing their terror with ghoulish abandon. Welcome, foolish mortals, to this year's COVID-safe virtual tour of the Cape Shames Fright County theme park resort and spa. We've made all manner of spooksome changes to your normal in-person experience. I am your host, and believe it or not, I am a ghost. Then you'll have to take my word for it. (laughs) Kindly imagine yourself stepping all the way into the Terror Horatorium and make virtual room for everyone. There's no turning back now. (laughs) Your digital fright night begins here in this gallery that looks exactly like you think it does, where you're invited to imagine very striking paintings of some of our ugliest and weakest-willed guests as they appeared in their reprehensible... Stinking, bankrupt mortal state. But what have we here? Spying out of your sandpipes like ghosts canonically can, I observe that your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis or something. Is this haunted pod actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? And consider this dismaying observation. This audio tour obviously has no windows and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge. To To find find a way out. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, there's always my way. Thunder sound. Ah, there's a body, a dead body, hanging by the throat and neck from a rope on the ceiling. God, that's a fright. Yes. Quite right, and that's only the beginning of your nasty night, if you can believe such a thing. Bong! Bim, bong, bim, (laughs) (laughs) Aha! The hour is at hand. The spooking hour. No doubt you're eager to begin traipsing your filthy skin shanks all over this beautiful sound park. But remember ye this. Nobody ever goes in. And nobody ever comes out. (laughs) Doors over there. (laughs) Chapter One, The As-Yet-Unnamed Attraction. Mm. You find yourself in a queue, and you're not at all sure how you came to be there. (gasps) There's no way of telling how close to the front or back you are, and you're not all that keen on the company you've been forced to keep. Screaming children, scantily clad young women, some definite nonces, that's for sure. (laughs) 
These people don't know the true meaning of Halloween. They think it's just some big party with the ghosts. But you know it's something much more sacred than that. True. Possibly that's how you knew it was Halloween without really knowing who you are or, or where you are. Or maybe that was because there's an enormous sign in front of you that says, Welcome to the Lair of the Zoblins, a Cape Shames Fright County event, a subsidiary of Thought Park and thereby the Merlin Group. Mm. Have yourself a big Halloween night. Either way, you were expecting better. (laughs) You're at the front of the queue now and you're not sure where the time went. You put away your headphones, sad to leave behind your downloaded episode of the Tim Pool podcast, but glad to have something for the journey home. An underpaid-looking teen in cheap makeup cackles at you to step inside. <laughs> Perhaps she is one of the eponymous Zoblins, a portmanteau that you correctly assume is a half-hearted attempt at creating a new cryptid for this year's Fright Fest, a cross between a zombie and a goblin. Mm. You hope it manages not to be anti-Semitic, at least. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shout the first room is chock-full of gold coins, stacked as high as the ceilings, which you now realise are depressingly low and uh, entirely undecorated. In fact, you are pretty sure it's asbestos tiling. Oh. Now, that is spooky. <laughs> there seems to be an animatronic Zoblin rolling around in the coins, and you can't tell if it's supposed to look like it has an erection or if there's been a mishap with the lever rocking it back and forth. Either way, you're not impressed. There's a child laughing at it, probably filming some sort of TikTok. There's a group of guys pretending to fuck a lady zoblin over a stack of gold bullion. There's a guy in a wolf costume who appears to be staff and also appears to be smoking a joint, just sat on what looks like a regular office spinning chair. You consider approaching him. This isn't exactly what you paid for, you suddenly remember. You're pretty sure that the ad said mazes of unbridled terror, Mm. and so far you've just had a hauntingly boring time. You know there's nothing he can do about it, but you're not the sort of consumer that likes to sit back and just be walked all over by the big corporations. Do you talk to him or do you move on to the next room? Just to clarify, I'm talking to the wolf joint guy. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah. Is it dressed as a wolf? He is dressed as a wolf, yeah. Entirely. Entirely as a wolf, what but he's face? put the head to the I'll, side. Oh, no, he hasn't. He has more, otherwise it's hard to... I'll have to have a word yeah. because... I'm all about maintaining the magic. We have a motto when we hit up the theme park. Go on. Don't spoil the magic. Oh. And for me, that comes down to the three keys. Show, safety, and spook. And this guy's got none of them And where does keeping your head on to smoke That's a all, joint Well, it's come... mostly show and spook. Uh, okay. Safety, it's not... I mean, it's actually safer than smoking it with the mask on. That is true. Because yeah. he'd be hotboxing his own wall. <laughs> and <laughs> who knows what overdose. he would do there. <laughs> You stride up to him and clear your throat. You're about to deliver a crushing blow for the exploited visitors against the all-powerful theme park lobby when he cuts across you. You don't want to be heading in there, pal. He slurs. Oh. Well, well, I I wasn't all that keen to, you say. You see, the exchange of currency for goods and services demands that there be... Dead spooky and there it is. He interrupts again. He's got a weird way about him. A a trust between... You're caught off guard. It's disarming. Uh, you, well, you, you you may well think so, you continue. But but judging by what, what I've seen so far, you can hardly claim... Nah, he says. This room's shite compared to the next one, mate. This is a total baby room. A baby room? That Zoblin's got a hard on and everything, he says. I knew it. I knew it was hard for the coin. Not worth the asbestos it's built from. Nothing like the next room. I'm intrigued by this next room, gotta say. You look up at the curtain to the next room and suddenly... 
his promises seem all too real. Mm. This is no curtain to the next dressed-up office space. This is a portal to another realm, to something truly terrifying. Where'd they get that in? There's an honesty in this chap's voice that cannot be undermined by his woefully out-of-place wolf costume. Mm. One person threw up they were so scared. (laughs) I know. I had to mop it up with the soles of my wolf boots. Oh, no. He holds, he holds up both legs, spinning slightly on the chair still, to reveal two vomit-covered feet. Oh, chunky vomit, I bet. This guy... Because yeah, of all the and other theme park snacks. Curdled and hard as well. Oh, wow. This guy meant business. The vomiter? Uh, no, well, well, possibly they definitely them. did. If they're willing to <laughs> they meant real business. But, I mean, the, the wolf man, uh, he he's not too. fucking about. He's there... You I, don't sit I around in vomit-covered costume yeah. to, unless you you really want to warn people, but, do you? Yeah, is he trying to keep everyone out then? Mm. Well, maybe he just maybe he's just maybe he doesn't want to be kicking up any more vom on true, his shoe. True, I guess that's fair. I'm just worried that he might be he might be playing that kind of cynical theme park game of like, oh, the next room's very scary, like to try and hype it up, and then I go in and it's just like at Thought Park. Or Alton Towers, that endless tunnel where nothing happens. That was Thought Park. And nothing, it, can I confirm nothing did happen? No, nothing Nothing happened. Not there, no. No. It was just long and dark. And there, it was but, very but long. But remember, Go on. There, was, there were two things. There was always the promise of something. Yes, and that's much better than anything happening. There was also... Um, there was also the the haunting kind of backache that I got yes, from having from to having to have the hands of dwarf. a tiny <laughs> tiny person fore and aft. <laughs> Anyways, he says, if you don't fancy it, you can claim a full refund from the front desk. That's generous. You kind of do really want that, mm, I, but the I, billowing I curtain, me. that tempting veil, is beckoning you onwards. Oh, serious? Do you get your refund? Or do you step through? When when there's a billowing curtain beckoning you onwards, my policy thus far in life has been you grab it by the tassels and get on under. Are you sure? Yes. Oh my God. I'm sure. That's the spirit. He smiles. That's a little ghost joke. And I've used that a few uh, times. <laughs> Let me just delete that from my, my section. Control F. <laughs> Whoops. Spirit. <laughs> and he lifts the corner of the curtain towards you. Oh, he's coy. It ripples softly, and you feel a cool breeze around your ankles, the promise of genuine terror tickling you from the bottom up. Mm. With courage in your heart, you bid the man good night. Good night, Wolfman. And step through. As you do, the door swings shut behind you. I thought it was a curtain a minute ago. You are outside. Oh. (laughs) And there is a flashing neon sign. You wait for your eyes to adjust before reading it. It says... Thanks for visiting the lair of the Zoblins. We hope you had a terrifying time. Please do not tweet about this attraction. You don't that even... That fucking wolf prick <laughs> you... won't be here in the end of my email outrage. You do... And the, the worst thing is... He had me the, on. The worst thing is, is if you had chosen the refund option, yeah. he would have told you that actually he thought you'd just go for it and there is no refund. So you can't... Fuck, you haven't even got that to look forward even... to. Oh, no, man. You don't even have the energy to be more disappointed than you were before. Instead, you look up and see a creaking wooden sign that says, The Spooky Path. Ooh. And decide to try your luck elsewhere. I'm going to just improvise a little transition here. 
where a bird flies at you oh, so fast God. that you forget that you forget that you've seen that spooky oh, no. pass. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't quite agree on the way we go in and oh, out. Oh, okay. Sections. Well, there we go. That is spooky. <laughs> well, that was quite a fright. You barely survived the previous attraction, <laughs> the name of which I forget. But you know, you're all the stronger for having done so. It was a shame about all the other guests who sadly did die and get killed on the aforementioned flagship Cape Shames Fright Ride, but we're playing by Willy Wonka rules here, and every soul stolen pushes your name one step closer to the top spot. You feel a hunger in your rumble box. Could it be that time already? Why, it seems like only a matter of minutes since you were neck deep in a bowl of jelly breakfasts, but no, that was in fact a really long time ago, possibly never. You grip onto your ample middle bod and shake it comfortingly. boy. You shout at your quivering pink midriff. We'll get on down to chow downtown and turn that frown crown upside down. Interest ye in a pint of terror? Oh. Screams an old northern woman who sounds helpfully like a lot of Isaac's other default characters. <laughs> Where did she come from? You turn around to tell her to fuck off or something and stop mid-fricative. <gasps> There's something about this wrinkled oh, no. old shipwreck of a person. Oh, God. Aged far beyond the point of any possible economic utility to the big society that is somehow... <sighs> Captivating? Bob Honey's going to do a nut in with a hammer. <laughs> Beneath the cracks and crevices of her crumpled flesh, you sense, no, you know, real, powerful, terrifying beauty sleeps like a wet whale just below the glassy surface of a secret lake. You want to bang this old broad? Well, she says with a grin, possibly winking or at least twitching in a way that could reasonably be a facsimile of seduction. What'll it be, my little pig's pocket? Wouldn't you like a little mufti, <laughs> a little jig jig? Undeterred by the epithet, you stop to assess the situation. Should you tell her to fuck off back to her spooky retirement home? I think so. Or accept her generous, <laughs> if disconcerting offer of whatever a pint of terror Fuck might off, be. Grandma! You're going to <laughs> <Bye-bye. reject. laughs> Go fuck yourself, Grandma! You bellow at the Ooh, old I'm lady. American. Goodness. A nearby family who you hadn't noticed rushes oh, over no. and takes an our confused-looking deer by the arm. Are you okay, Mum? A woman asks. Did that horrible man shout at you for no good reason? In oh, American. No. Shame on you! Oh, God. The old lady's too disorientated to respond. She's an Alzheimer's. And you watch as they help her slowly, painfully, oh, to a wheelchair marked no. St. Mildred's Hospital for the Criminally Old. <laughs> <laughs> Must be one of those day trips. <laughs> now that you look at her in the cold light of day, she is just a normal old lady. <laughs> All that stuff about wanting to dig down on her, why, that's best forgotten. <laughs> determined not to question that impulse any further look for the nearest way out from this awkward situation before you commit any more geriophilic foes pas you see a sign that says the spooky path and a vague memory stirs from a time long before the birth and proceed you do with determination and caution in equal and abundant measure footstep sounds look there's no easy way to describe the spooky path other than this it was just your regular run-of-the-mill path, with the sole exception that there were more people on it than average. <laughs> you aren't sure if this anomaly alone, alone is enough to call it spooky, but you'll be damned if they didn't nail the path part. The path is short and uneventful. No one ever died here or was even sick once. Some people have reported walking down it and finding the experience so normal that they've ended up having to walk it again several times before remembering that they've done it even once. Oh well. What's next, you think? And it can only be one thing. 
dot 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 seamless transition into spooky lunch another seamless transition as we open with the line still reeling from your journey (laughs) along the spooky path reeling from how normal it was you decide it's time to seek refuge in the park's only eatery quasimodo's quaffeteria You're not exactly a fan of French cuisine, but you have a funny feeling that will not be an issue at this particular establishment. Yes. Stepping inside, you're both surprised and entirely unsurprised by the fact it is completely empty. There are tables enough for hundreds of guests, but not a single seat is filled. It is completely silent and the lights are dimmed. They seem to have gone for a rustic vibe, like a ski lodge or a timber mill dining hall. That's nice. Not something you remember from Hugo's novel, but there you have it. Yeah. A one approaches you in what can only be described as an illegally tasteless costume, <laughs> with a pillow shoved up the back no. of her shirt and a fake tooth hanging over her bottom lip. Snaggly. She walks with an affected limp, but you notice that she cannot keep track of which leg is supposedly injured. That's not all. Her name badge reads Esmeralda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there she is. Quelcom quaffeteria, she begins, before you raise your hand and say simply no. (laughs) (laughs) She understands immediately and hobbles away in silence, picking up a menu as she does and turning to beckon you when she notices that you have yet to follow. Mm. Limping wildly, she leads you to a table. You tell her that the pill- you want to tell her, sorry, that the pillow part of her costume means she doesn't have to lean forwards all the time. It's kind of the whole point. <laughs> you also want to tell her that basic decency dictates that the entire place should be closed down yeah. and the minds behind it should be victims of a show trial. You decide to tell her neither. <laughs> the Nuremberg of Quasimodo's. <laughs> you take your seat and the menu and Esmeralda walks away. The menu is your standard day-out bill of fare. Cheeseburgers, pizzas, lasagnas, anything you can eat with chips, basically. One of the scarier elements of the menu is that everything is suffixed with lunch. You're invited to order a pizza lunch or a fish lunch (laughs) or a herbal tea lunch. A fact made all the more terrifying by the fact it is 9.30pm. You can't really say that your heart is in this experience. (laughs) I love it here. Anyway, uh, what do you want to eat? Uh, of those options. Well, anything you want, really. Could I get a... There is a bracket here that says choice is meaningless. Don't read too I much into that. Linda McCartney presents vegan fish stick lunch? Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Cool. Can I get like a Minute Maid pink lemonade on the side? A Minute Maid pink lemonade lunch? Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, sure. Amazing, thank you. Esmeralda seems to have disappeared and a man is janking his way towards you. Sorry, he's what? He's janking oh, his okay. way towards you, yeah. Sorry, I thought that was going to be a horrid verb. No, it was janking. This man has no pillow and instead is bent over at a ludicrous angle and walking Mm. with a stick. The cafeteria, it seems, has a scarily inconsistent costume (laughs) policy. It also occurs to you that this building and all of its paraphernalia happen to be a permanent fixture rather than a Halloween feature. And this might just be the scariest thing of all. His name badge reads Phoebus with an F-E-E, of course, and he takes your order. You ask him where the bathroom is and he unfortunately winces. You're not exactly a world-weary man, but you know it's not a great sign when the staff of a restaurant, hunchback-themed or otherwise, are embarrassed to point you to the bathrooms. Mm, bad. You follow his directions and push open the door. <laughs> Stepping inside, you're saddened to find that there's a spooky amount of piss on the no. floor. <laughs> Enough to make That's you think twice about going in. Unfortunately, you're desperate, and you close your eyes and hold your breath as you splash across the room to the urinals. Wading. Whilst relieving yourself, you wonder if it would be possible to escape through the window and never return. 
But honestly, you don't want to touch anything in yeah, there. Yeah, and I want my vegan Linda McCartney fish lunch. Returning to your table, you can see that your uh, vegan Linda vegan, McCartney vegan Linda McCartney presents a fish stick lunch. A fish stick lunch with a side of Minute Maid pink lemonade. With a sign lunch. of Minute, yeah, caught that is already waiting for you. God, they're efficient. As are Phoebus and Esmeralda. I don't want them there when I'm lunching. For unknown reasons, they have ditched the hunches and adopted oh. eye patches instead. Pilot. You're not going to argue the point. You thank them for their prompt service and manage not to sound too anxious about the speed at which they prepared the meal. <laughs> you are hoping they will leave, but they do not. Damn. They stand statuesque at your side, smiling blankly at I you, love to lunch waiting alone. expectantly for you to start. There is a man crying loudly in the kitchens. <laughs> you pick up your cutlery and sink it into your lunch with haunting ease. Oh, it's in soft fact, lunch. Your fork slides straight through to the plate with a tooth-grating clank. Oh, no. You push your knife into your complimentary side of chips lunch section, and it glides through the entire pile, mushing them together. Uh, You realise with terror that the entire plate is a devastatingly realistic Play-Doh model of lunch. Oh, no. Looking up in disgust, you see Phoebus and Esmeralda laughing. They pranked me. They are cackling maniacally. Fuck them. But they make no sound. Oh. Phoebus looks like he's burst a blood vessel in his eye from laughing so hard. Esmeralda is looking straight at you. You open your mouth to scream at her, but nothing comes out. Fucking hell, man. But at that exact moment, just as your mouth is at its widest... Oh, no. The laughing (laughs) stops. Both waiters turn to you lean back and then hurl their heads in your direction, slinging their lips loosely, launching hot, thick gobbets of spume in your direction. Multiple gobbets. You go to close your mouth, but it feels wired open. Oh, fuck. The whole thing plays out in slow motion as the two bullets of rubbery spittle worm their way towards one another, colliding in midair, sending flecks of mini phlegm off in all directions, but maintaining a collective course towards your gaping mouth. (sighs) There's nothing to be done as the now cold globule lands inside your gob and paints your gums. Blah. Quank qu qua cruising Quasimodo's cafeteria, <laughs> they say, stop. in haunted unison as you flee the building into the cold night of Shangton Manor's spooktober fright or flight bonanza. Wow. Now, just a quick pause before we go into the next section. Got what was the inspiration for any of that? Uh, for what? There's sort of specifically the, any the gobbing in the mouth element. Um... Because they say write what you know, and is that something that you know? They say write what you know, and they say write your trauma. Yeah. And that's that's both. both. (laughs) For those who weren't around back in last year, year before, year before. Year before last, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, dear dear host Declan of the show, his mouth became a receptacle, a sort of gob receptacle for others. What happened was we were on a, a Blair Witch themed, yeah. which is a very loose sense it was, of You know, the, remember the of, bit of in the Blair Witch where everyone's the same where zombies where from like, everywhere else And where the there's like 40 people in a camp. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were at that particular bit. Yeah. And someone said something to me. Well, one, of the, few, the, one of the wobbling zombs. Yeah, there was a there was a whole series, a chain reaction of events that... There's a guy who was offering you tea bags. There was, was someone it? offering me a tea bag. They meant I got taken... I sort of out of the group, I, which in hindsight, like they separated us well. Yeah, it was they a was divide like, and conquer. Yeah, they were planning this. Yeah, yeah. So I was out of For action. Sure. And then I think our group became sort of straggled and scraggled apart. 
And then Declan, I think he got done for sexual harassment. No, that was after. Stuff. No, oh, what happened? It? Yeah, what it was happened was there punch. was someone who, someone walked past me and yelled something. Yeah. And I, I like turned to speak to them. And then I was continuing what I was saying as I looked back forwards. Yeah. And as I did so, I cannot express enough <laughs> how this is exactly what happened. <laughs> That I turned back, and as my mouth was open, Not a huge one amount. of the one of the zombs yeah. just straight up gobbed in my mouth. Like, you not even have to pay a lot for that. Kind not of action not even. Park. Not accidentally. I'm not having that. They just it was went targeted. Yeah, straight into my gob, and you swallowed it. And I was, I you did swallowed not. It. I, I didn't. I Listener, gobbed straight I onto the floor. It was too late. He'd and already got. He'd already got But I was there. reeling from it and I walked around a corner. Yeah. Sort of and like as I stumbling, wandered, I think. Yeah. As I stumbled around this corner, kind of stunned still yeah. from from the sheer from the assault. mouth assault yeah. that had just happened. Uh, one of the zombies, she ran clean into me, <laughs> like at full speed. <laughs> this and, was such and as a I funny just sort of to witness. as I just sort of like yelped in like oh, oh, surprise. She looked at me with the fury of from, the gods. From point blank range. And said, you were told, don't touch the actors. <laughs> and and then It was a one-two ran punch off. of being gobbed in and then being accused of assaulting yeah. um, um, Thought Park Well, I actor. think the bit that I was most offended by is that she referred to herself as an actor. <laughs> But yeah, that, that I suppose. Yeah, now that you mention it, that does. I guess that there was probably there were some similarities in what, in yeah, what happened in, what I wrote, in yeah. Spooky Lunch. Wow, what an opportunity that was! You sure had a great time at lunch, and it really makes you wish that you did more of this thing, this sort of thing, in your own time. If it wasn't for all this goddamn war and politics going on in the world, maybe people would be able to, I don't know, come together and share a simple bread and soup lunch and a- agree to disagree. Mm. It's in the middle of this profound internal monologue that you feel a growing dampness on your shoulder parts. Oh, I don't like that. That's odd, you think? I'm yeah. almost never wet there. <laughs> no sooner has the thought ping-ponged its way around your squidgy brain meat than a large voice whispers into your ear, The final attraction awaits, old chap. Your oh, skin I, I, bristles. I'm pretty sure I was going home. <laughs> As you imagine the sheer heft of a tongue able to produce. I was clawing my own tongue. Getting all that kind of sound. An oral meat feast, if ever there was one, you no. think. Chuckling to yourself. Not the time for chuckle wuckles, argues the voice. Oh, no. It's babbling time. No. You have honestly no clue what this could mean. Cape oh, Shame Spook is an enigmatic place, sure. But you've usually been able to keep up with the lingo. But babbling, you query, still not turning to face your damp interlocutor. The professor will see you now, oh, no he need. replies, it's and fine. you shiver I'm as the right, wetness prof. spreads suddenly down your arms. You sense that the figure is gone, and raising your arms to your face, notice that all manner of goop has been splurged down them. You didn't oh. sign up for this. No, oh. sorry. Who does this so-called professor think he is, you bellow to no one in particular? Sending his wet henchman to gloop up my favourite pair of limbs? It's not fucking cricket! Ding! Oh, God, there's so much going on. A pink neon sign illuminates suddenly, just off to your right. You don't even bother to consider where it came from or if it was already there, because that's just not the level of detail that Cape Shamersby is all about. Manually adjusting your pupils as you love to do, you point your sight organs in the direction of the sign proper, 
and take in the neon knowledge. Professor Tubby Uncle's Big and Bad Babble Works, established 1872, you read. Hang on. 1872? Wasn't that the year that... No, never mind. It probably wasn't. Unless... It was, uh, oh, or it wasn't. This oh, is your choice. Oh, oh my God. Uh, wow, that's a big choice. I feel like I'm writing was history. Was Am I the victor? Wasn't it? It. Wait, was it or wasn't it what again? I'll give you Say the it again. Bit. Professor it's, Tubby Uncle's Big yeah, and Bad Babble Works, established 1872, you read. Hmm. 1872, wasn't that the year that... No, never mind. It probably wasn't. Unless... Oh, no, it was. No, it definitely was. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it absolutely was. I would hate to have gotten that wrong. You remember learning about it in History of Weird Shit or one of those other night classes you took after you realised... After you were released, sorry, from Special Hospital. You collapse into your memory pose and let the knowledge come flooding back into your skull like cranberry juice into a bathtub. It was a warm summer's night. Gonna have some harp there. Mm-hmm. You remember that much. And Mary was there, oh, like she always was. She was fit. Sitting at the front of the class, giggling too hard and too long at everything Mr. Gunson, oh. Grunson, sorry, the history teacher Stupid was saying. Mr. Grunson. She wanted to fuck him. You yeah, knew well, that. He, and he she, wanted to fuck her because well, he was a nonce. You knew that because she kept saying it really a lot of times per oh, class. Oh, no. Grunson, in class. Grunson? I mean, sorry. Yeah, in class. Yeah, yeah, you remember. Yes, sorry, yeah. Grunson wasn't your ordinary history teacher. For starters, he'd never actually been to the past or taken more than a moment to discover oh, a single thing a about fraud. it. His was primarily a speculative glimpse <laughs> into the what could have been or the what might be how it happens. <laughs> Facts. He would gargle at the whichever of the poor freshmen inevitably challenged him in their first semester together. Facts, is it, Murgatroy? Well, if it's fact you're after, you pick the wrong day to get in my ugly book. Come to the front of the class. The terrified newbie would reluctantly step forwards to the front while Grunson dimmed the lights and reached for that literal beacon of knowledge he called history's eyes. Although quite <laughs> obviously a cheaply imported flashlight from Alibaba, Mr. Grunson's sheer determination to imbue history's eyes with special meaning was contagious. And it wasn't long before the whole class came to revere that flickering beam whenever it was allowed to the chance to unsheath itself from the cuckolding embrace of the substandard plastic casing which kept it prisoner. Stand still, Grunson would bark at the freshmen, and still they stood. Now, tell us a fact, boy. Am I still on a right? <laughs> <laughs> at this... <laughs> at this, Grunson would flick the beam on. It would have been any better. It would have been worse. <laughs> At this, Grunson would flick the beam of history's eyes on and aim it with deft precision right down the eye holes of the unsuspecting student. His tendon-rich fingers on the light trigger, he'd flash it on and off in a precise pattern designed to induce irreversible seizure. And the class would watch as another one bit the proverbial, and on occasion, literal, dust. It was hard to tell what Grunson meant by any of this. But God, if it wasn't memorable. 
<laughs> on, oh, on, spookily irrelevant. Armed <laughs> with this fresh knowledge. You look again at the sign. 1872. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Anyway, <laughs> you hurry along the deserted path into what looks like the Monopoly man's gaping mouth, except the eyes are rolling in and out of their sockets like some kind of crazy facial marble run. There's no time to take it all in, but suffice it to say, it's all really weird and horrid. Oh. Flesh walls? Dozens of them. Spooky oh. groans and that? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. The ride itself seems to be your run-of-the-mill log flume. But uh, no, oh, it's not. Oh, in fact, psych. as you learn, it's a ride based around the strange perversions of the real historical figure, Professor Sir Caliban von Babel, the tubby uncle of Victorian times, an esteemed and noteworthy spookophile from the late 19th century. You sit in the flume and float painfully slowly through room after room of badly recorded past audio of the professor nattering oh, on about peeling no. the skin off animals or borrowing but, a young man's oh, joints for that? some experiment. Oh, no. Totally dull. After about 84 of these rooms... Totally evidence. ...you decide it's time to escape the babble works. You have no choice here. You simply can't listen to the professor tell you any more about the time he spent, quote, noncing it up in the colony. <laughs> There's no one else on the ride. And you haven't seen a single CCTV camera anywhere in the Cape Shamesborough facility. So the stakes are probably super low when it comes to making a break for it, right? Casually, you stand up and step onto one of the many and repetitive scenes of what Professor Tubbyuncle calls his fucksing lab laboratorium. Oh, no. Immediately, you realise you've made a grave error. The audio animatronic of Sir Babel whirls around on its horrid old hinges and stares you straight in the face with eyes that are somehow too big to fail. Its cheeks bulge in exactly the way a robot shouldn't be able to and you realise oh. with horror that this is no ordinary mechanoid. Oh, God. The robotic tubby uncle screams some kind of Latin nonce slogan at you oh. and its legs extend telescopically until it's over a hundred metres tall. A big whizzing comes out of its huge crotch and you realise that the last thing you're ever going to see is Caliban von Babel's ancient and historical dick preserved in the stay-fresh foil casing of a possessed metal oh. dolly bot. For the Empire! It screams oh. in a voice dripping with racism and the whole world fades to black. Your nephew searches desperately for any further clues as to your fate, praying for a police report, an urban legend, perhaps a rumour scribbled on a crumpled post-it. But nothing. Disheartened and alone, he closes the great tome of old Chertsey Chronicle issues and returns it to the time-beaten shelves where it will sit among the detritus for ages yet. It is late. Somewhere just shy of midnight, and the soft lamps of the archives are lulling him to sleep. He checks his phone out of instinct more than curiosity, and finds, of course, that he has no sing signal down here in the sub-basement. It's well past closing time, and he wonders why it is that nobody came to show him out. Picking up his bag, he makes his way drowsily towards the little metal staircase that leads to the exit door, but pauses very suddenly when he hears his name whispered across the dustless air. Caliban. Thorpus. Oh. <laughs> a voice moans 
decrepit but vital. It is familiar to him, though he has never heard such a voice in all his life. It is surely speaking to him, for he has been assured countless times and has no reason to doubt. There is nobody else on earth with that name. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be coming from anywhere in particular, and yet he feels compelled, as all prey does, to run forwards. He sprints, <clears throat> his bag clattering against his fleeing thighs, his hair flopping down into his field of vision. He pushes it aside with a frustrated cry as whatever pursues him lets out another wheezing, Thorpus! Somehow closer and more distant. The exit door doesn't seem any closer, but he has to believe that he's going to make it. His phone <clears throat> buzzes in his pocket, telling him he must be closer to freedom. But as he pulls it out of his pocket, still sprinting, he lets out an all-too-sexual moan of disgust to see that an eye message that reads Thorpus from a contact somehow saved in his address book as Spooky Ghost. Oh, the exit is so close now. But as he pulls down on the handle and pushes, the door doesn't give even an inch. It was all too obvious this is how it would end. All the traditional panics run through his mind. What about my wife? Will I meet God? Man, I hope the coroner doesn't tell everyone I died of tiny dick syndrome. Resigned to his fate, he turns to face the music, brackets ghost. He sees nothing before him. But he feels two icy hands take him by the wrists and press his arms up against the wall. Oh, no. A third hand reaches up and clutches his lower jaw, pulling it downwards with terrifying ease. Oh. He tries with all his might to keep his mouth shut. But the ghost of his uncle is just too powerful, just too eager to spread the curse of his own miserable demise. Oh, no. With his mouth wide, he lets out an awful scream. A scream that can do nothing to stop the all-too-cold and spookily massive glob of phantom spume that is hurled into his gaping mortal moor. And he dies. Drivel. Well, there we go. If that wasn't a digital fright night, then listener, I I, I know not what one is. Dare you to tell me what could be? <laughs> when you saw that title, I imagine you expected exactly this to happen. I imagine you had as much idea as we did until when we wrote it a couple of hours before recording. Yeah. <laughs> um, we hope you've enjoyed. What we tried to do there was really capture what it's like to to go to any of these. Uh, you know, real and existing and, places around the world and country. And on that point, I would like to to raise yep. um, that if you go to any of them, yep. they are really bad. And yes. so if you thought that about the show, that then was just a on faithful purpose. imitation. Yeah, that was on purpose. And we art. did, we, well done us. We yeah. Did and well. we won't be hearing any kind of like no, naysaying about, about it. You've been listening to the third installment in our Spooktober schedule. Yeah. I'm, Happy to say that Declan is elated about what we've got coming up next week. Um, yeah, well, we've got a break next week. It, actually, no, we've, we've got another big episode. Oh, well, sorry, what I meant is I've got a break. So no, you, it's a well, you've solo, got a break because I'm planning it's a the solo app. Yeah, it's by solo. Isaac. I'll be preparing all of the. I'll be going into the altar to stay I'm really jamming up all of the quests I'll because be it's going to be Delt Quest Volume Two. Uh, something about the tale of Santa Diablo, the devil's large lad. We'll be finding out all of the information that there is about that. 
me as well as you guys because to be honest i don't know yet and that's for the story realms to kind of provide us with in future before that if you're enjoying this month's spooktober content in all its variety we've gone from the sublime anthropological academic heights of last week's uh contemporary ethnography of halloween to the even higher and more academic (laughs) sociological glimpse into the world of the fright night and yeah we're on the up and up sure if you've been liking what you're what we're putting down then we've got a couple of ways that you can help out with the show some of them you know financial in nature and some of them some of them not some of them them many conceptual yeah let's start with the financial one not for any particular reason we've got a patreon over at patreon.com slash shame city i think maybe we should Oh, we're going to do an episode of writing some creepy pastas. So if you like the kind of yeah, mad gonna, writing, yeah, we'll write and record our own yeah. with some extra stuff in there as well. Then that will be there. Worth mentioning as well that um, th- this is my final week of the half term coming Ooh. up of work, meaning that mm, the week after yeah. next will be uh, a, a week off that I have, yeah. and in that week we will be doing some of the much coveted yes. video content it's going to be big so keep an eye on the discord shame.city slash discord and the twitter at shame city gang where we will be updating you about uh you know an, a whole day probably of some kind of fun games based activities there might be a chance to interact and to play some jackbox and assorted spooky nonsense like that we should play that one what's it called among us that imposter mm, one everyone yeah. everyone on the internet loves they, we love want to they be can't cool get enough like of them, those little lads other than that, oh yeah, so the Patreon is over at patreon.com slash shamecity where you'll get all the creepy stuff we've put out already for this month, creepy stuff from the year before, and 50-ish other things, all for five bucks a month. If you are light of purse, then, you know, far be it from Join us to the criticize, <laughs> <laughs> then we have some free ways of helping out. First and foremost is Womibomb. Word of mouth is best of mouth. Tell a friend about the show. If you've got a friend who you've bonded with, probably as a teenager of about 14, going to some terrible regional theme park on a fright night together that was fat with fried donuts and and truly subpar terror. (laughs) And yes, the spit of others. (laughs) Then why not share it with them? This episode... A, a real litmus test for whether or not they're on board with the brand moving forwards. Um, and it's, it's good to have these every now and yeah, then, isn't it? A little, yeah. Like, fork in like the road. unannounced drug tests yeah. at work. It's like, if you <laughs> want to hop to off, here is a perfectly reasonable point to do so. No judgment here. I, I have a really clear memory once when I worked at um, a theme park, yeah. not a big one, and nothing he to was, do with Halloween. He got in loads of people's mouths. I didn't ever do that. I wouldn't. And I, I hate that you've accused me, <laughs> as you do, of, of all right, sorts okay, of things okay. I haven't done. But I remember that we, it was someone's birthday and the whole of the staff was, was going out mm-hmm. and indeed did. And the day that we were all due to be going out, the manager announced that there would be like random drugs and alcohol tests the next oh, day. No. And everyone just sort of was like, well, if, <laughs> if, if it's my all, time, yeah. it's my time. Yeah. And we should do an so we, <clears throat> we went out. We got oh, we were absolutely hammered. We were at like the club until close. Yeah, and then me and this guy called Andrew, who um, were both like ride hosts at the time, mm-hmm. we walked back to my car, which was still parked near work, mm-hmm. and slept there for like <laughs> four hours that's, in the car. That's very sad. Got up. There was a there was a theater, the Cliffs Pavilion, just opposite uh-huh. where I was parked, and we took it in turns to like go in, 
as they were like opening up for cleaning in the morning I to like use, use the bathroom, the, use the bathroom just walking sad. dead past these people who were all like <laughs> staring at us, use the bathroom, come out the other's term. And then like, we were just walking down the road and there was such a like beautiful element of kind of gallows humor wandering down of like, well, it's really just funny that in a moment demise. I could just yeah. be fired in <laughs> 10 minutes time. Wow. Or drunkenly like causing <clears throat> the big teacup accident of 85 we were actually we were all incredibly lucky because it turned out to be just the wettest most miserable day of the year so there was no one in the park and everyone had to get sent home because they weren't going to pay people's wages for for like no no ride so we we all went home there you go guys but that's just a little glimpse that was a little bonus anecdote and you didn't even know one of those was coming because it wasn't on the schedule but you got you got it anyway and I know Isaac always he wants anecdotes. That's I, his favorite I'm thing. I'm hungry for them. If you've got an anecdote, Tass at City. Last week of calls. If you want to dictate the future of Delkin in Delk Quest, Isaac at City. Subject line: Sad, bad Delkin days, and we'll make it happen. See what that little boglin's going to get indicted for next. Until Delk Quest. Until the next episode. I've been your ghost host, Isaac B to the D. You've been. I've just been Declan. Keep spooking. <laughs> <laughs>
seas of life will come to you. Come to you.